Hey folks, just a heads up, there's a little bit of static on the vocal end between minutes 11 and around 14. So in that time, we've got some beats to kind of, I don't know, help you get past the issues. That being said, uh, we're also debuting the first of probably many Eat the Baby songs. If you're not familiar with the Eat the Baby video, just YouTube Eat the Babies, and you're welcome. All right, here you go. Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another episode of Woke and Baked. My guest today, Jake Thompson, and I sat down to discuss the results of last week's Kenai Peninsula Borough elections to include the City of Soldatna City Council, the Kenai Peninsula Borough Assembly, and most importantly, whether or not Justin Bateman is the greatest actor of our lifetime. You'll have to listen to find out. Also, uh, we discussed whether or not Joe Rogan is or isn't controlled opposition. We'll get into that one a little bit later. And Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, who makes our president look, well, not so bad at all, in the least. In fact, comparatively speaking, Justin Trudeau makes anything President Trump does or says seem Damn near presidential. All right. Our sponsors today, Iron Asylum, located on KB Road. You can look for them on Facebook and Instagram. Also going on right now with Iron Asylum, they have a PFD special. So if you want to front pay for one year's membership, you can do that now for $500. And I don't think there's anyone on the peninsula. There's a gym on the peninsula that is offering a deal like that. Now, some of the cool things about Iron Asylum is they have uh, they have a supplement store which they have the same supplement, uh, some of the same supplements that GNC carries. Uh, Redcon One uh, is, in fact, the name of the brand that they carry. But they carry it at a lower price than GNC. And they're awesome products. I use their whey protein isotope every morning in my coffee. It helps get me going. Um, I like that Iron Asylum is open 24 hours. I love that I go in, I punch my code, and I go straight in. I also like that right now, if you have $500 and you want to join a gym for a year, you can do that. And you're getting, I believe it's two plus months free membership on that deal. That's $500 for a gym membership at Iron Asylum. You got that $1,600. You still have over a grand left if you get the gym membership. So there you go. And this deal's going on till December. It's not like it's a PFD special where it's gone in the weekend and, you know, never to be seen again. Um, this deal is going on until December. So this deal lasts longer than your actual PFD. So that's pretty cool. Also, Red Run Cannabis Company, the makers of fine oils and Hashade. If you're wondering what Hashade is, blah, it is a lemonade-infused drink, uh, and it's, yeah, lemonade with 50 milligrams of THC oil in it. And it's damn good. You can mix it with whatever you want. I mixed it with some Red Bull over the weekend and had a blast. Uh, you know, it's up to you. You're, the limit is really your imagination. Also, also big solid shout out to 5150 Vapes located in Seoul, Dotna, across the street from the Kenai River Park. Now, I've had a really long, ongoing relationship with the fine folks at 5150 Vapes, and I will tell you, vapers out there that listen to the show, Dave is going to Washington to fight for your rights. He's willing, he's, he's flying down 
to DC in the midst of all of this to, to go fight for the rights of vapors because all of the information is coming out that these people that are getting sick from vaping, turns out they're getting sick from black market THC cards. They're not vaping for nicotine, they're vaping for THC and they're getting them off the streets in what I'm assuming are probably uh, primarily states that are currently have uh, cannabis prohibition going on. I'm sure you're not finding a lot of people that are getting uh, bad carts on the streets in Washington because Washington has affordable products for just about every market and every budget. So with that being said, there's a lot of things to blame for the folks getting sick on, uh, on the, the black market cartridges, but the vape industry as it stands really isn't that thing. Anyway, vapors, Dave is going to fight for your rights to continue to vape your flavorful juices. So while you're still here, you might as well make your way down to 5150 Vapes to support him so he can support you. One hand washes the other, they both get clean. That being said, they also carry Shatter Batter. Now, if you're not familiar with Shatter Batter, this is something that will allow you to take whatever concentrate your whatever THC concentrate you are you are using, whether it's a crumble or a turp sauce or a shatter, and turn that into a vapable liquid. So there you go. 5150 vapes carries that. Last but not last but not least, the Schnitzel Bomber, located on KB Road. Not KB, it's actually located on K Beach and Poppy. So if you are looking for a place on the Kenai Peninsula where you can get some, I wouldn't say authentic German food, because they're making like schnitzel poutine, which, by the way, I lived in Germany for like 20 years. I not once saw schnitzel poutine as a meal that you could go and get. But they've got it at the Schnitzel Bomber. If you are looking for something that is something you can munch on after a workout, you can go there and you can tell them, hey, I just got done uh, eating a workout. Bill said I could get some bomb-ass post-workout uh, recovery food here, and you will get something for your gut. You will get a gut bomb with some protein, and you'll be good. You tell them you want something keto, they will hook you up. They will make it for you. You tell them you just want them to freestyle something, you know, kind of make what you can with what you got. Just go bananas. And if they've got bananas, I'm sure they could make that into something awesome too. All right, that is the Schnitzel Bomber located on the corner of K Beach Road and Poppy. It's not enough. Start eating babies. It's not enough. Start eating babies. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's not enough. We need to start eating babies. We need, we need to, to start, eating, start babies. eating babies. It's not enough. We don't have we enough time. There's too much CO2. Start eating babies. Start eating babies. Start eating babies. All of you, you're, you, you know, you're pollutant. Too much CO2. We have to start now, please. You are so great. I'm so happy that you're really supporting your Green Deal, but it's not enough. You know, even if we would bomb Russia, we still have too many people, too much pollution. So we have to get rid of the babies. That's a big problem. Just stopping having babies is not enough. We need to eat the babies. And this is very serious. Please give a response. No, thank you, thank you. We'll go ahead.
uh, Jason Bateman in that film. I mean, God, what an incredible... Like, you know how guys will do, like, they will totally enthrall themselves in the character. Like, Jim Carrey even has a documentary out about that now. Yeah, about with Andy Kaufman, Jim and Andy. Yeah, yeah and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis was famous for it, to where it was like, you know, I think, uh, uh, was it Fourth of July? I don't remember what it was, where he just, he lived in a wheelchair. Oh, uh, yeah, um, he's, got, he's got movies like that. Like, I guess he was Bill the Butcher the entire time uh, during Gangs of New York, and, and I think that's one of my favorite things about him. However, that being said, yeah, Jason Bateman sort of transformed into that character. Who uh, have, I, I just like to think, like, he lived it. Like, he went home to his wife, and he was just like, who are you, the Ocho? <laughs> I work for ESPN, the Ocho. And that's it. And that was and that was his work. And that was and you know what if that is his life's work? What if Jason Bateman will never be as good as he was in that movie? And then what if I don't know if he can, honestly. I mean I mean see, I've seen him in the Ozarks and it's good, but you, you see it's like a little bit of that character stuck with him. What about Justine Bateman? Not familiar with Justine Bateman. You should look up Justine Bateman. Justin uh, Justine Bateman is Jason Bateman's sister. She looks like Jason Bateman with a big with a wig on, and surprisingly, pretty hot. Yeah, I, I was just say, say, Jason Bateman as a woman, pretty attractive. I can see it, you know. Honestly, I've I've always had weird mixed feelings. Like I'm, you know, I'm comfortable enough in my heterosexuality to be able to look at Jason Bateman and go, put a wig on that. I'd consider it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And and you know, like I don't think it makes you a bad person for saying that if Jason Bateman was a woman. Uh, Jason Bateman would be a hot chick. Well, or at least, at least attractive. Like, Jason Bateman as a woman, Justine, would certainly know how to church herself up after X amount of years on this planet. It, well, you know, honestly, the because um, I was unfamiliar with the existence of Justine Bateman, and I can tell, like, inside, I'm a little excited, like, maybe there's a chance now. Yep. Well, there's a chance at all kinds of things. Probably neither one of us hooking up with her. However, she might have something on the path. Like. So, which is... <laughs> Throw that one in the blank. Mega deposit later. <laughs> Alright, so for whatever reason, I'm just picking up anything uh, in the headphones. We're just going to roll the last seconds. Okay, are you going to keep wearing the headphones? Because that would... I like that because that's like kind of muting me out. It's a good look. Yeah. Like it's, I feel like we should be no, you, like you don't have like one of those like slider knobs on say like the, the wires where like there's a volume adjustment and then like you'll you'll flick a button and be like, oh, there you are. It probably is. If that works, that's going to be hilarious. No, no, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, tell you the song that I was working on earlier here in the Orange Band just played in my ear and you're listening to the Now I got some music. Um, so, headphones may not be always particular. Oh, I was wondering, maybe, um, now this is going old school, but I, you know, I don't know that. You have a fancy screen on your computer, obviously, but I don't know the actual date of it. But I know way back in the day, like you had, you could only have one outlet for your audio on one program at a time. So maybe you got one program hijacking your your headphones while you got another one hijacking the mic. So, so maybe, maybe that's the case. I'll show up those eyes. I I actually like to think the entire time we're doing this, you're listening to books on tape. <laughs> Gotta catch up on Lord of the Rings. What I actually do is I'm listening to Grass, Ice, and Astrophysics for Idiots, and then Lord of the 
bit later, let's get into um, Parent Parenthood with Eric Bay. Let's see, let's see what Eric Bay has to say about some of Neil Grace Tyson's comments about how the earth can't be flat. So can I tell you my goal? One of the things I'm, I'm long-term goal, I'm going to have Professor Bay from the local community college um, debate Eddie Bravo for Flat Earth. Yeah, we t- we actually we talked about that at one point. Yeah, we did. We talked about like how we can make that happen. Um, I no, I think it's a great long-term goal, and I, I mean, I think we have a lot of opportunities to to trick him into coming up here, Mr. Bravo. Be like, hey, we got a really solid jujitsu gym who, like, you know, their 16-year-old or 17-year-old just took worlds. Yeah, you know. So hey, you want to come down? You want to check that out? Also, if you're into camping, hiking, uh, hunting, fishing, anything of that nature, here's a place to be. Getting away from the satellites that are following you all the time. Yeah, no, because they can't. As I've known, as someone who had Dish Network up here, satellites, you, it's nearly impossible to hit them. Yeah, if, you've, if you're anywhere with foliage, yeah, yeah. you got some trees, good. Not happening. That signal doesn't go back and forth. Not at all. All right, so. A lot of stuff's happened since the last time we spoke. So we, we had the election. Yeah, we did. Let's talk about the winners there. Uh, Bjorkman. Bjorkman won. Bjorkman won Texas. by, like, a good margin, too, in a three-way race. Yeah. He was, uh, you know. Yeah. 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 It, was, it, was, it was a good old-fashioned winning. Uh, talk to text, beat his opponent. <laughs> Which was sad in a way, but also I completely understand... I mean, you had a woefully unprepared candidate against a very likable guy. I mean, he's as polished as you get for a local politician. Yeah. Um, the bagels. Yeah. Oh, bagels. Um, um, uh, speaking of which, uh, Dave Carey also won. Yeah. yeah. Which um, I'm not opposed to. Uh, I like. I he's still he's still Mayor Carey in my mind. Yeah. Um, I believe he was Soldatna mayor at one point. Of course, he was borough mayor for uh, for a stint. He uh, has been on the council several times. Um, I mean, his brother Mike, veteran Mike, as I know him as, you know, does amazing work for the veterans. Uh, Dave does. Uh, I know at one point he was working like he was basically like preaching in prisons. Um, you know, like, or at Wildwood was doing that number. I mean, D- Dave's Dave's a really good guy. And my only thing on Dave is like, it kind of, there's a certain point I think where you, you've jumped around the political scene so much that maybe it's time to let somebody else have a turn. I, I agree. Um, I agree with that. But at the same time, um, if you are, if you are the best candidate, if you, if you have the most experience, and this is one of the few times I'll say that um, you're, you don't need to do this. He had no reason, no real reason to, to join the city council. Uh, he's got a lot of experience with leadership, and and for me, and I, and I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this in my personal life, because because well, it that'll be, that'll be for you. It's it's already started happening. Um, he was uh, competing against someone who someone out there been in the can of spray paint tagging your car right now. Yeah, like thugs. Um. But his his opponent in this in this, uh, in this election was uh, Pamela Parker. She's been in the community. She's only been here for about five years, yeah. um, and so you're competing for this position against a guy who is a former mayor who does. If anyone has name recognition uh, in this town, he's going to be one of those guys that has name oh, yeah. recognition. He's done it all. He's seen it all. I, um, I put him up there with like the you know Mayor Navarre, um, you know uh, 
let's see, you've got um, Hal Smalley is another one that comes to mind with mass amounts of name recognition. Um, I mean, Pat Porter's no longer with I mean, Pat Porter's still alive. Pat Porter's still alive. Yeah, she's no longer with yeah, us on the she's, peninsula. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's moved on to brighter places. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but yeah, Dave Carey is definitely, uh, Mayor Williams, you know, there's another one. John Williams comes to mind. Like, there's, there's certain people. Wait, so the guy that did Star, did the score for Star Wars? I believe it's the same guy. I, I've always assumed that. That's why I voted for him. I mean, I didn't agree with any of his politics, but I'm like. I know a guy that voted for Trump simply because Trump was on WWE. So, and that's probably the best reason to vote for Trump, really. <laughs> he beat up Vince McMahon. Yeah. You see, just shutting down corruption left and right. Left and right. I mean, and Vince McMahon is the guy who really screwed over Bret Hart, who Bret Hart, by the way, is going to be a guest of our state in December. Uh, courtesy of the same guy that voted for Trump because he was in WWE, which is weird. But it actually comes back around and makes sense because if Trump beat up Vince McMahon, um, why wouldn't you, as a guy who is anti-corruption, bring up the guy who had a war, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend? Mm -hmm. So by bringing Bret Hart up here, I, mean, I don't know. But... Maybe he's playing both sides. You know, I, uh, man, I just, uh, I'm hoping somehow, somehow in, you know, little podunk Alaska, we can maybe get to see Bret Hart in the ring. I think again, I think he's been up here once. I'm, I'm sure he has, but he's coming up with, uh, with, with WrestlePro, and that's, that's pretty exciting. So WrestlePro, if you're not familiar with them, um, last April they came up uh, and they brought up uh, Mick Foley. Mick Foley was there. He, took his sock off of his foot and shoved it in a grown man's mouth. And that grown man ate it with pride. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was up, uh, so the WrestlePro put on an, uh, an event last, uh, well, this past April. And so they're doing that again with Bret Hart uh, coming up. It should be pretty interesting, but going back to Matt Plant and his allegiance to Trump, or is his allegiance to guys that beat up Vince McMahon and independent wrestling? Who knows? But again, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And how far does that rabbit hole go? Because, I mean, as you know, Matt Plant really uh, integral into bringing wrestling back to the state of Alaska, plays around on the small circuit quite a bit. And you know, as soon as you build up something in the small circuit, all of a sudden Vince McMahon owns it. He's like so, the Bill Gates of wrestling. So it it's, makes sense for me uh, as... as uh, Someone who not necessarily like follows professional wrestling, but but follows grown men that hate each other, even if it's for play. Um, I'm excited to see what what happens because um, the last time they did a Wrestle Pro event, there was, there was a, a really good turnout and the energy was awesome. But now you're bringing up Bret Hart in the dead of winter when there's nothing else to do. This place is going to be packed. Um, I would hope so. I mean, but how old is Bret Hart now? I mean, all like everything like he's 107. Yeah, 107. He still probably beat me up. Maybe. Oh, I, I guarantee. He could he certainly pretend. Yeah, I guarantee he's. I mean, he's still gonna be. Well, he's Canadian, right? Yeah. So he's already like they age differently than. Absolutely. Well, here's a question: What if? What if this is? Hear me out. Matt Plant working with Donald Trump to bring Bret Hart up here. Bret Hart has a good showing. You know who's looking weak in Canada right now? Trudeau. Trudeau's looking pretty weak. 
So hear me out. Matt Plan on orders from, from El, El Presidente, President Trump, bringing up Brett the Hitman Hart to Alaska because he wants Brett the Hitman Hart to have such a powerful showing that he doesn't, he doesn't ever want to see a picture of, like, uh, of Trudeau uh, making googly eyes at one of his women ever again. There are enough pictures of Ivanka and, and Melania, Melania staring at old, old Justin Trudeau, who, by the way, if there is a grown man that embodies the word cuck in all of its multiple meanings, it's Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau is a virtue signal with a pulse. Well, I mean, just the last uh, You know the thing just that hurt... French you know the thing that hurt me the most about uh, Justin Trudeau? No relation to Gary Trudeau. How'd that Yeah, no, he's, instead his dad was like a former prime minister of... So basically he's like a, a hereditary uh, rite of passage to be prime minister. Apparently his mom, though, had a lost weekend with uh, the Rolling Stones while her husband was prime Well, I don't know how old you are, but I think... Um, I, I, and I mean, I think we're roughly the same age. I think all of our moms had a lost weekend with the Rolling Stones at one point or another. Yeah, but not while our dad was the Prime Minister of Canada. Just, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so old, old Justin Trudeau's dad isn't, uh, isn't the Trudeau that did Doonesbury. Wait, did Trudeau do Doonesbury? Was it, it wasn't the far side. That was Gary Larson. Gary Larson did the far I don't even know. Jim Davis, Garfield. That's as far as my... Yeah, Mondays. Hate Mondays. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, like, why did we decide that a cat was going... Like, a depressed cat with an eating disorder is going to be, like, the, the, the cartoon that represents us? Why do we... Um, and the, why do we all just assume we're going to get our giggles from, uh, from the newspaper in the morning? even better on Sunday when it was in color. Oh, my gosh. And it was six panels instead yeah. of three. They had to work extra hard. The only the only person that really took full full advantage of that was the Far Side. Yeah, the Far Side might might have been the greatest comic strip of all. But I, what I was fond of with the Far Side is there was that you could sense that element of like I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. In it, you know, yeah. it was like I'm riding this out until the joke's over. And and he did. Yeah. And then he left on his own accord. And then yeah. he comes back on his own accord every once in a while for a fucking buttload of money. There's, there's certainly something to be said about uh, like blazing your own path and not looking at what anyone else is, is doing. Um, there's a rapper by the name of Nems I've been listening to a lot now, and he said, uh, he was talking about he, he, doesn't, he doesn't go to the clubs, he doesn't listen to anyone else. Uh, he said, to lead the orchestra, you, you turn your back to the crowd. Um, and so... I think that you have guys like that. I, mean, I want to say it's Gary Larson. I'm just going to go ahead and say it's Gary Larson that did the far side. Um, when you turn your back on on what everyone else is doing, because I'm guaranteeing that dude is not fucking reading Garfield. He wasn't. He wasn't reading Family Circus. Like he was off in his own world. Uh, and there were. I remember there being days as a kid. Now, still, like as an adult, I can look at some of the far side. Like I don't get it. That I don't get. But then there are other things that I get. Yeah, Marmaduke was deep because there were a lot of layers to Marmaduke. Um, I feel like if I'd have been there in the beginning, I might have gotten it. Yeah, or like Clifford the Big Red Dog. Like, if you you don't know how that story starts out, none of it makes sense. Why does he want to be a fireman? What's his motivation? Why is he so goddamn big? Who fed him? Who was uh, was the Balco dude hooking him up? 
Like this was Victor Conte. Victor Conte's just hooking him up. Victor Conte's hanging out with the dude. It's the cream from, uh, and the clear. Yeah. He's hanging out with a dude from uh, that Pegasus documentary, the Russian guy. Uh, and they're just uh, they're just doing rights, whatever. Not, you're not doing anything if it doesn't show up on a test. And who wants to be natty? Um, so, so then, so Brett Johnson, he won. He yeah. was competing against Holly Odd. I couldn't tell you anything yet about Holly Odd. Now, and you know, I mean, Brent Johnson. Okay, so Brent, yeah. I. No, no, it wasn't anything that cool. Uh, so Brent Johnson, I used to, I used to have a wonderful little segment before every, uh, <laughs> every, um, assembly meeting. And then we'd have another one after the assembly meeting. And before it was, what stupid thing will Brent Johnson say tonight? And then afterwards it was, what stupid thing did Brent Johnson say last night? And we would see if they would match. It was fun. You could call in, you could guess. Um, Brent Johnson, wonderful guy, by the way, just want to clarify that before I just bash the fuck out of him here in a second. But I'm um, not literally, but in the figurative nature. Um, no, actually, Brent Johnson, I, I, I do believe he really, honestly, deep down in his heart, believes he's a conservative, you know, or a Republican. And I don't consider the two the same by any means. So maybe he is actually a Republican. But uh, Brent Johnson, like, if you if you read his candidate's statement, he's like, he's a small government guy. He's for the independent business owner. He's about property rights. He's about all this stuff he was never about when he was on the assembly. And Brent Johnson's always been give the nonprofits money. Um, you know, hey, if we got to raise taxes, we got to raise taxes. You know, he's a big, he's a big tax and spend grow government kind of guy. So, so that's who's there. Yeah. So we've got him. We've got Tyson Cox. We've got um, Jesse Bjorkman. Do you think that that any of those those changes, any of those any of those faces in the crowd, change things? I think the dynamic has completely been turned upside down. Uh, I shouldn't say completely turned upside down because right now with uh, with Mayor Pierce, he's about like the assembly is a five and four. Five people are always going to side with him. Four aren't. Um, and I think what's happened now is now you've switched it to seven two, sometimes six three. Because I think Bjorkman's going to jump back and forth a little bit. He's going to play the uh, kind of the role of a, like a Norm Blakely, who like, well, who's who's everyone else voting for? That's that's you know what you know what are we doing tonight? It's like watching a really like the one guy in Survivor that he knows he's on the chopping block and just trying to. Yeah, you think you think that that, that uh, Bjorkman's going to be picking picking pick like that? I you know I do for one reason because as uh, and I you know and I everything I know about Jesse Bjorkman, wonderful guy, fair guy, smart guy, and I think he's going to try to do what's best for Nikiski. But the reality of the situation, you know, he did what what did he call Mayor Pierce a fascist or something at one point? I, I didn't hear and that after uh, you know that yeah, but there was that huge blow up between the two of them after they you know this is of course at one point. They that was Jesse was their guy, and then Jesse wasn't their guy, and then Jesse took an unfair amount of like BS, um, just garbage politics, some uh, you know, mudslinging. That uh, I felt like he he rose above, like he didn't participate in it nearly as much with a guy that his opponent was, where you could have really just opened this up and made it gross. 
to be fair, though, Jesse had guys on his side who, uh, and then maybe not necessarily on his side, but like for me personally, like, and I don't have a dog in the fight in Nikiski, but I felt that Jesse was getting a lot of shit thrown at him by people who, again, shouldn't be throwing shit. People, it was shit that was flinging all the way from Homer. Yeah, by people. By people who have even even less dog, uh, even fewer dogs in the fight, and they're doing it on behalf of a political action committee where the direct man, the whole list of people who are associated with that, whether it was um, Wayne Ogle, uh, who Jesse is replacing, yeah. um, who Jesse was asked to replace when Wayne by Wayne <laughs> by Wayne for legislator. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Wayne Ogle is on Facebook. Uh, giving an endorsement of John uh, to to John Quick, Mayor Pierce is on Facebook giving an endorsement to John Quick. Um, the endorsements keep rolling in. Ken Carpenter, all you did, uh, in in my opinion, when when you are um, when you are the mayor and you endorse a candidate, and and I like Mayor Pierce. He's oh, been I'm, on the Charlie. I, Charlie is one of my uh, you know one of my best friends. You know. You all you did there was alienate. Yeah. Um. All you did was an alienate a guy who was your ally to begin with. Yeah. Like that's you. You wanted a woman scorned. I'm. I mean, Jesse's a name like Pat. It can go a bunch of ways. Yeah. Um. So so now Charlie's got Pat, and yeah. and and I don't know. I think that if you're the mayor endorsing. Endorsing a candidate for assembly is risky. It really is. It you know, um, I remember there uh, when I was running, there was a certain senator at the time, a uh, local senator who I was going to ask for an endorsement, and they told me that they they never endorse a candidate. And then in an election later, I watched them endorse a candidate. And I'm like, the same senator that also told me, you know, I'd vote for you if you had an R by your name. It's like I. Yeah, which I thought was interesting, too, because I was like, you know, like, I mean, if you gun to my head, I'm a libertarian, but you look at my voter card, I'm nonpartisan. Yeah. You know. Is it, is it skinny vanilla latte? <laughs> Probably. Um, you know, I don't, I'm going to, I'm just going to guess based on not knowing what that name is, but no. I got, I got nicknames for everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. So this I like skinny how, vanilla, I like how, vanilla how latte. how coded they all are, too. No, I think um, I think it was a risky move um, on Charlie's part, but I also knowing Charlie as a person, he's um, he's one of those guys that, to a fault, he will stand by his friends, and so I mean it could have been, it could have been the worst candidate ever, and based on the the votes, it appears like it was, um, but you know I know like he's he's loyal to a fault, and unfortunately now he's going to end up like I said he's he doesn't have the power of veto anymore because they have the majority to override it. He's basically emasculated as the mayor, um, and ultimately he's kind of in the position they were sort of trying to put him in with the uh, the borough mayor manager idea. You know I mean he's a glorified ribbon cutter. Speaking of uh, ribbon cutting, I think he actually will be ribbon cutting at. Uh, the opening or grand opening of uh, Quick and Crew's uh, hardware store. You know, I mean, support, I mean, support local, local business. business. Absolutely, absolutely support local business. I'm yeah. down for supporting local yeah, business. Leave politics out of it and, you know, just dodge the box star, store if you can. And I, I can't imagine, yeah, there's, 
if you live in a Kiski and you've got to go all the way to uh to to Kenai for nails, I'm sorry because you got to make that drive back. Yeah. Especially you got shit to do. Like now you got to write out a list. You got to have at least 15 things before you go. McKiskey Hardware is open. It's right there. You can go in and get what you need. And the best part is, is I have been to several hardware stores that I know the item you needed, when you go into that store, you'll leave without it. You'll have like hundreds of dollars of other things, but you'll get home and you go, nails. It was nails. Yeah. yeah. So, and you have to drive back. So just for your, for your own fiscal responsibility and, you know, less mileage on your car, less maintenance. Shit, if you live in McKiskey, you can take your bicycle there. Exactly. Yeah, get yourself a workout, get yourself some nails and a hammer. You know exactly what you want. Um, they've got, I mean, it's, it's not a huge store, but they've, they've got the things that you need. Um, I haven't been there. I'm in Kenai, so I, I just drive to the box store. It's closer. <laughs> See, I've been, I've been there a few times in the past when I lived out in Nikiski, uh, back when the other guy owned it before John took over. Um, and, yeah, so, like, I appreciate that it's there. Um, the same way that you appreciate that the that M M&M and M market is there when you need milk on uh, on Friday in Nikiski, you don't want to drive into Kenai for milk. Mm-hmm. Well, they the great thing about a place like M M&M and M market is that you won't ever make that mistake again. <laughs> you will never uh, run out of milk on the weekend again because you just spent five dollars on a gallon of milk um, and two dollars on a rotten banana. Yeah. Um, you know, but it is, you know, it's it is. What, it serves a purpose. It, it, it absolutely does. Um, it, you know, and I just think that there were, there were better ways to do everything that they were all trying. Indeed. Uh, every one of them, it seems like they, they all took a low road to get to where it was that they wanted to be. And what scared me the most is it wasn't like we were looking at a neck and neck race and this was a desperate, this wasn't a Hail Mary pass. This was like we came in, we were scripting our plays, here's our game plan on, you know, week two. We're going to, you know, call everybody devil worshipers or something. You know, uh, it got, yeah, I think I, I may be misquoting uh, Tyson Cox here, but I think Ty, it was Tyson Cox that said, this was a victory for clean campaigning. And I truly believe that. And annexation. Yeah, I guess. And, and the annexation. Well, depending on who you are. Because I think the other thing is, and let's, let's, go back to, let's go back to the Pamela Parker, Dave Carey race. Um, Pamela Parker had, was hosting Ty Cox in her restaurant every Tuesday from 7 to 9. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that I saw a Tyson Cox sign in her window, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I did. Um, she was tied to a candidate who was very pro an issue that most people were against. Uh, and so people in Soldatna that could vote, I think in many cases, voted against annexation when they voted with Mayor Kerry yeah. um, because they saw that, that, they saw that relationship. Uh, they saw that there was that relationship where it, it looked like Tyson Cox was almost uh, you know, tapping her on the shoulder to say, you're going to take my spot. Um, you know, and, and there was some mutual support there. And I, I guess what I'm saying is that um, Tyson Cox probably won because he wasn't really competing against anyone. He competed against someone who never showed up. Yeah. So Tyson Cox came in first to a ghost. Yeah, I don't. I think there were plenty of. Okay, and now and here's one of your areas where um, I'm I'm in between. I'm kind of a pro term limits guy, but on the same token, 
I'm also uh, a guy that like, you know, what voting is your your chance for term limits. But I understand the reality of the situation that you can, if there's no term limits, you can spend your entire political career campaigning. Um, everything you do. Uh, I really think there isn't a chance that Tyson Cox beats uh, Dale Bagley. And I think for the first time in my life, I will ever say this, and probably the last time, I would have preferred Dale Bagley. <laughs> See, that's, where you get, that's where you got me. Because I still remember Dale Bagley on, on the cannabis issue. I, rem- I remember Dale Bagley on a lot of issues, including... Dale Bagley Ryan. probably doesn't remember Dale Bagley on a lot of issues. Yeah, so I, I remember where he, st- he stood on a lot of things. And, and if Dale Bagley and, and, and Talk to Text are competing, um, is, as, long as, I can, as long as I can call Talk to Text, Talk, talk to Text professionally, then maybe I'd go with, uh, with Talk to Text. However, um, Oh man, oh, isn't fuck. that a tough I mean, one? It is a tough one. Like if you, it's gotta... like the wheels are spinning in my head, and you can see it in my eyes. I'm just confused. It's it's like which abuser do I want to stay with? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, do I do I want to stick with the girlfriend who set my car on fire, or do I want the one who left me with a scar in my side from where she tried to stab me? Which one's hotter? Then they can both cook. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's like, it's who, who's going to be your, who's going to be your, your abuser. And that's what it comes down to when, when you're looking at Tyson Cox and Dale Bagley, because with Tyson Cox, he's also got, what's that guy? He's, he's got his little partner, the dude, uh, the the cat, baby Cox. Yeah. No, not baby Cox, not baby Cox. Um, Bagley. I'm thinking Bagley's little buddy. Oh, Bagley's little buddy. Brent or Brad or whatever his name is from Alaska Cap. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, I forgot about him. I was actually thinking uh, Gilman because I know Gilman and Bagley were pretty tight. But yeah, no, it's it, it's interesting how the um the rhinos tend to they tend to herd, you know, um yeah. So yeah, it's just that I don't know. It's there's that kind of like old school like you know all of our dads were somebody and now we've had a significant amount of influence in in the Kenai world and. You know, it's really funny, like, when you when you see a guy like, you know, or you'll see, like, those crew, or that crew hanging out, who are, like, hardcore conservatives, uh, you know, rabble, 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 we hate other races and people that don't make money. Um, no, but when you see those, like, hardcore, um, you know, su- supposedly Republicans and whatnot, like, just, like, sucking up to a guy like Mike Navarre, who, and one thing I love about Mike Navarre is... He doesn't pretend he's anything he's not. You know, he doesn't come in as like, you know, no, I'm a Republican. I'm, I, you know, because I know that gives me an easy 25% of the votes or 30% if I just say I'm a Republican. No, he just like straight up, I'm a D. This is what I think we need to do. The government needs to fix it for you. For you. So can I tell you um, the most disappointing thing about Mayor Navarre? And, and, and I, I wasn't here for very long, all right? So I don't have like a laundry list of crazy things. But he drove like a Toyota Tacoma, right? So yeah, yeah. If you're the bachelor mayor of Kena of the Kenai Peninsula, you are probably potentially 
one of the most eligible bachelors not only in the states but in the United States. Why the By fuck aren't you driving time. the Batmobile? Yeah, yeah. You you should be you, the fire truck should be driving you places or escorting you in your oh, Batmobile. Uh, yes, exactly. Why is why does he not have a Bat, Batmobile? Why wasn't he the first to set it on fire just so they can put it out? Yeah, yeah, keep keeping everyone gainfully employed. Insurance will take care of it. Yeah, I mean, like, why not? Like, why not putting put like tracks on a Ferrari and gun it in the middle of the way in the middle of the winter? Like, I'm making a bar. <laughs> I, I no, I I agree that. I mean, that is like one. You know, I think the reality, and I mean, I hope he doesn't find out through this podcast. I hope. Uh, a, oh, he's a big follower. A family member or friend talks to him. For, I, the, the reality is, he's a nerd. Um, I mean, the guy. It was here was my biggest disappointment. Find out the guy majored in economics. So I'm like, all right, I'm down. And it's like Keynesian economics. I'm like, oh, oh, um, okay. Uh, Keynes is one of the uh, sort of the quantitative easing type of philosophy. He's the one that he believes that, um, of course, there's going to be booms and busts. There's going to be bubbles and bursts in the economy. But the government can regulate that by putting an influx of money into the economy or um, pulling money out of the economy. That basically all of it can contro- be controlled by um by government by an organization of people whereas if you look into say like your your austrian economics or your chicago school of economics um they refer to it as like the invisible hands of the market and it's better to just let the market work itself out and allow people to uh have more free choice and participate in the free market than control the free market it's basically it's uh it's sort of a difference between say free capitalism and i don't want to say crony capitalism uh, on the Keynesian side, although that's what Keynesian economics tends to lead to, um, because it really isn't cronyism, but it is control of the economic landscape and the market through government versus just like government stay the freak out of it and understand that, you know, it's like the laws of gravity. There isn't, you know, you can fly someone up in the air for so long, but eventually they're going to come back down. I don't know. I, I took a long way to... Tr- I mean, people go to school for four years for this. I'm trying to explain it in 35 seconds. <laughs> and I appreciate you putting in the effort. Uh, I think that um, what, we, what we have here is a, a lot of folks uh, on the peninsula are, are making moves. Like, yeah. annexation is a, is a move to, in large part, to bring in a box store. But we've already covered, or at least appealed to a box store to bring them in. Where is the growth that necessitates an additional box store? Where is the demand to bring in a, a box store from, from the population? Where, where do we have the, not, not the want, but the need? Where is the need for yet another place with a Starbucks built into it? We have two places that you can get a Starbucks in Soldatna, Fred Meyer and, uh, and, and Safeway. But not a we, Starbucks. I mean, no, I mean, not at like its not own, a, just right in the middle of an intersection. That's okay, because we're not going to get that. We're going to get it in Target, because you know why? Nobody actually wants a fucking Starbucks here. We have 17 different coffee shops that you can go to. You have seven, at least 17 different options. We have probably more coffee shops than we have cannabis shops. It's running close. It's running close to the same number of churches, too. We have, um, we have, we have churches, lodges. When I say lodges, I mean like like animal lodges, elk, moose, eagle, <laughs> fucking whatever, bear lodge. Um, we don't have a Sasquatch lodge. Yeah, we can cool. alpaca one. Can we get an alpaca lodge? Um, 
and we've got a lot of cannabis show, uh, cannabis shops, and we've got a lot of coffee shops. You know, we don't need you don't need another fucking chain coffee shop here because we don't have the closest we got is Kaladi Brothers. I'm good with that. You know, an interesting thing about this is, um, and I mean, I was I was there for the rise of Starbucks, and I remember when it was a mom and pop organization, and I thought it was one of the most incredible things in the world. Um, but I, I I remember one time in Seattle there was uh <laughs> there was a Seattle's best coffee right uh. 1999 to 2005. Okay, so were you, were you there for the, the Battle of Seattle? Uh, in reference to the World Trade Organization in 1999? No, no, I'd missed that. Or, or I think I may have been. I may have been there for that, but I was actually back here during, uh, was that the, the thing with the guns and the yada yada? Probably. Um, the, the United States Army's Delta Force trained people to go in and fuck shit up. And so, yeah, there was a, a, there was a whole government relationship to, uh, to the Battle of Seattle. But I diverted from your story. Oh, yeah. I'm a turd. Oh, so anyway, so outside of the Westlake uh, Mall, Westlake Center, which is right in, kind of in the heart of downtown Seattle, um, from there you can go any direction, and it's about equal distance to be in downtown Seattle. And it's, it's a very uh, prestigious shopping center, but also affordable. Um, we'll throw that in. But anyway, there was a Seattle's Best Coffee there. And uh, it, just right out in front on this little tiny, little tiny, like it was like the size of a mobile home kind of kind of property. And their lease was up. And I think they're, up until that point, they were paying like three or $4,000 a month for that spot, which is a lot for a coffee shop to try to pull in. Starbucks wanted that. They wanted that spot because it was primo location. And I think they ended up spending something insane like $30,000 a month to rent that spot after all the bidding was done. They would never make that much back, but they wanted it. But what I thought was hilarious is if you stood there in that Seattle's Best, which was now a Starbucks, and you looked at that corner, there was a Starbucks. And you looked at, uh, oh, no one, no one can see me pointing, but say if you looked to the north, there was a Starbucks. If you looked to the south, there was a Starbucks. If you looked to the east, there was a Starbucks. If you looked to the west, there was a Starbucks all on one block. Like, you had five Starbucks on every corner of that one block and one in the center now. Um, and uh, I just I just thought it was like the, it was the most amazing thing. But it did remind me of this joke of what people used to always, the Seattleites used to love to do is they'd go into a Starbucks and go, is this Seattle's best coffee? And the Starbucks staff would go, no. And they'd go, yeah, I didn't think so. So, I, uh, I was deployed to... Yeah. That used to be a happening spot. Yeah. When I was there, um, I was there for about seven months. We went to a mall that had four, like 14 Starbucks. I think we got a 14 of them. Yeah. In a, in a fucking mall. In one. In one place with a covering on it. Like every, every hundred meters. Yeah. Go get yourself a caramel macchiato. Um, you know, and, and it was the best service you're ever going to get. Happiest, happiest folks. Like, hey, let me make you a cup of coffee because... I could be in a place that sucks a lot more than this. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's Starbucks attempting to take over the world. Um, and they got as close as Muhammad Ali did. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, except they not not getting in a ring with anybody. Although, was it Charles Schultz is the guy that owns Starbucks as a CEO? I don't know who. I don't know who the. Mr. Bucks, I believe. Mr. Bucks. Mr. Bucks. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Bucks. It's still a Mr. Family. and Mrs. is their daughter, Starlito. Starlita. Starlita Bucks. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not excited about the prospect of getting another Starbucks. Because the thing is, is we lose, 
we're going to lose local place. We are. And, you know, that's the thing that I, I try to, you know, I try to remind people. When I came back to Alaska, I, I never drank. I, I had a very, um, very expensive coffee habit compared to my overall income. It came close to 20% of my income was spent on coffee, which is insane. But if I gave you the actual number, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I could see if you're getting like two or three every day. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I think I was making like seven bucks an hour at the time. And buying three things of coffee for about six dollars a piece plus tip, you know. So like three hours of my day was gone on coffee. Just, just <laughs> yeah, just for that, and then rent hit, and you know we're calling mom for money. No, but uh, the uh, <laughs> when I came back from Seattle, because Seattle, I rarely ever drank Starbucks there, um, because there were so many really good coffee shops. And I came back here, and it was hard to find some good coffee shops. So I started going back to Starbucks because it was still it was absolute shit coffee. But I knew, like, kind of what I was going to get. But now we've hit a point where there are so many great coffee options. Like, people really up to their game. Uh, it's really good. And what I like about when I buy coffee from a mom-and-pop operation, like, I'm paying someone's retirement. I'm paying someone's, you know, maybe for their kids to go to college. I'm also providing jobs for, like, the couple little baristas that are there that are probably related to the, the owners. Um, you know, and when I go to Starbucks, I'm making another billionaire, another, like, couple bucks. You know, there's there's definitely that. Um, yeah, there's there's a million different reasons to not shop at a change at a chain store, and I, but I think for me the the big one is that yeah, it goes back to the people that you're buying from have an investment in you coming back. They want you to come back. They want you to um, shop with them consistently. They want you to get the things from them that you need, uh, and they don't want you to have to go to a, to someplace else now. If we lose the ability to buy some cool Trader Joe stuff at Save You More so that some fucking asshole can get another place to get a fucking caramel macchiato, I'm not going to be upset when someone burns it down. The <laughs> same way that I'm not going to be upset when someone pushes over one of those dumbass fucking Welcome to Soul Dotna signs. Yeah. You know that, that one that's right by the river? Yeah. Yeah. If anyone pushes that one in... Um, I'm not going to be upset. I don't, I don't he's not think suggesting that, you do that. I'm not yeah. suggesting that anyone does it. But if you do, I'm okay with that. That's all I'm saying. And I'm sure there's a, there are at least a thousand other people who think just like me. I would love to see, you know what, you, you want to snatch out the, uh, the, the city of Ridgeway, the town of Ridgeway, whatever it is. You know what, you, you Stephanie Queen, you can pull that soldat in a sign out of the river. Can Ridgeway, like, incorporate? this point can they establish like their own city or maybe a second class city of some nature like within i i don't know so we're doing anti-annexation parties at parker's well i'm just thinking maybe kenai should annex sultana <laughs> just be like you know what we want the taxes <laughs> yeah yeah well because once they grab ridgeway it's connected and it makes completely logical sense that we'll just you know because there's not that gap there anymore See, then think about that, Soldatna. Ridgeway is what's been saving you. And, and now, now it can't save you anymore. Now Blaine Gilman's coming for Soldatna, too. He wants to impose his will. You know what? It's, it's going to be welcome to, welcome to, to Soldatna, yes. <laughs> That's the, the city of Soldatna community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, um, you know, and we, we talked a little bit about the free market before, and this is, and I think this is where we get into sort of that kind of Keynesian mindset of economics and stuff like that is this idea of like 
okay, we annex because we know we can get a big store in because the, you know, and we can collect the property tax from that and we can work out a deal and it'll be good for the city and good for the economy and good for the growth of government versus, you know what, if it made sense for a target to be here and they wanted to be here bad enough, they would be here. They don't want to be here. They don't, we're not getting that pipeline, all right? We're not getting that. The city of Soldotna hedging their bets, and it has to be. I swear to God, they're not listening to anybody. Um, that, that LNG project ain't coming in, all right? The group that, that was meeting once a month to discuss it, yeah, they're meeting <laughs> quarterly now, all right? Um, At, like, the Nikiski N- Rec Center, I think, is when they were. Yeah, now they're, now they're meeting in the library because yeah. they don't need all that space. Yeah. Um, and it's free. And it's free. So that, the city of Soldotna wanting to bring in a target, to, who are they trying to appeal to? Like the people that aren't coming here to not work on a not pipeline that's not. Well, I think it's, there's, there's definitely that, but I think it's, you know, gosh, you know, we used to get all this Fred Meyer money and now people are, and now they're getting all that Walmart money. We had a target in there. Then Fred Meyer seems more to more reason. Yeah. Just so you can, how many places do you need to buy like fruit of the loom? I know. Well, what I like is when they um, because I buy a lot of toys for my children because I'm a I'm a pushover. Um, but I really like when you get the exclusively at Walmart toys, which are also the same as the exclusively at Target store uh, toys, which are the same as the stuff that Fred Meyer's charging like nine bucks more for anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're just you're just picking out like who's gonna sell you overpriced bullshit that you don't need, all right? And that's that's really all it is. It's it's an effort to turn more and more of us into consumers mm-hmm. rather than creators. Because if we, I feel like if we allow ourselves to to tap into whatever it is that we are supposed to be doing rather than working our our slave wage jobs, then we start seeing what we are truly capable of becoming. And what we're not supposed to be fucking consumers. Well, see, I mean, I, it, it's, it, you know, it's 16 tons. The old Tennessee, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. Oh man, that uh, Tennessee Ernie, never mind, I don't even know. I'm Ernie. Turney. What? what? Old Turney. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ten, I want to say Tennessee Ernie Ford, but I don't think that's right. The old 16 ton song, though, to where it's like, you're going to work at Walmart or these box stores for crap wages. You're then going to turn around and buy products from that same store you work at because you know it's the only place you can afford to shop and then you essentially you owe your soul to the company store what a way to live yeah i mean it's they got you you can sign up for your walmart credit card too you're an employee you get get an extra six months you don't have to pay interest i mean once you don't make those payments those interests get up to 19 percent and you owe it from the beginning of the terms of our lease or lending, whatever. Where else but are you yeah, going to work? It's like, we're the number one employer. Yeah, because you knocked everybody out and they didn't sound as a, or they didn't count as a group. I don't know if Walmart still is. Um, uh, in the city of Kenai? Well, probably the city of Kenai is probably the number one employer of the city of Kenai. Seems to be the way Alaska works. But um, yeah, I have no idea. I just know at one point nationwide, Walmart was it. Starbucks was for a brief period of time. Of course, McDonald's has been at one point or another, too. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I, I, do find it, I do find it very interesting. And I think, I think what makes it more interesting is if everyone I've talked to, I haven't found a single person um, in favor of annexation other than... Folks that would profit off of it. Um, and... 
or or like members of the government, you know? Yeah. Oh no, no, that's the same thing. Yeah. Members of the government who are also uh, who have also a vested interest. Cause, let me go back to this annexation. Uh, and and I hate continuing to bring it up. I keep bringing it up. So I don't even think we've gotten uh, through all the candidates yet. <laughs> it goes back to um, to Tyson Cox um, being a pro annexation candidate. Um, I, you know, uh, I think that him running for the assembly was probably a move. I don't know. Did he term out in this old Iowa city? Bagley. Council? Yeah. Um, well, no, I'm talking, oh, in uh, the city. I'm, I mean, Cox. Oh no, I don't believe, Cox, I believe so. Okay. So then Cox removed himself from the conflict. Even, even better. Um, so he removed himself from the conflict of interest that would be snatching up K beach. Puts himself on the assembly where he has no more say in the city of Soldatna attempting to annex K Beach. Um, but he was co signing someone that was very much with the annexation uh, hubbub. So now we got Dave Carey. That's how that happened. And I, I don't want to speak for Dave, but I believe if I heard correctly, um, I don't necessarily know that he was anti annexation. I think he was, but I do believe he's the one that suggested he. There needs to be a vote of the people. Well, when he was mayor, if I understand correctly, um, the city of Soldatna attempted annexation and he shot it down. Yeah. So he's, he's been pretty fair and, and, and honest. And I think that that's one of those things that, I mean, even if it is 50 votes inside of the city of Soldatna, a win is a win is a win. And I think that a big part of that win is attributed to... Um, people kind of speaking up for their neighbors. Because I think that if you put annexation to a vote, uh, if you had every politician explain to you uh, why we should annex, people will still vote against it because they understand that what you are trying to do is, is steal tax money. I would be surprised if they would gather 25%. And the only reason why I think they would get 25% is I think a lot of people would be unaware of the vote, probably wouldn't even bother voting, but all the, you know, all the lackeys of Soldatna, you know, all your Chamber of Commerce and your, you know, and uh, I, without getting into all the different fingers they have, all the different pies they have their fingers into, I, I think you could probably, you could probably get 25% of people in favor of it, but I think you'd be shot down 75%. And I think that, that everyone who supported it would be shot down as well. Yeah. Um, Tyson Cox legitimately got elected because the person he was competing against didn't show up. Um, and that's, that was his, his, the biggest thing that he had for his campaign uh, going for him was that the person he was competing against never fucking showed up. Um, I think PDZ might have got Tyson Cox elected too. Yeah, PDZ, fuck man, PDZ made me stare at Tyson Cox scratching his ass. Like, And and that that's almost enough. That's yeah. That's it's probably. I mean, it's probably some kind of abuse. The Satanist mudslinging. <laughs> um, although, like, uh, we'll see where we'll see where Cox where where uh, where talk the text stands uh, when it when we do have real issues come up. Like, what happens when uh, the next the next time that that uh, Iris Fontana <laughs> wants to praise uh, praise the Dark Lord. What does Tyson Cox do? Yeah. Does he walk out? Because I'll be honest, I was a little bit disappointed that, that Mayor Pierce walked out when Iris Fontana gave her speech on logic. Yeah. Um, but 
Uh, you know, not my not my battle, not my uh, not my thingamajigger. Um, before we do get out of here, I wanted to tell you about the new Brad Pitt in space movie. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Are we right. cool with so, that? Yeah, that's why. Right. Basically, basically, we're basically doing, doing a review of a movie, of movie I've never seen. Never seen. Yes, and I'm all all I gotta tell you is Brad Pitt's father in this movie is basically Neil Armstrong. He's basically Christopher Columbus. He's an explorer. He's famous for his explorations of space. Da 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 da. Brad Pitt essentially is a He's a telephone cable repairman. That's basically what he is in this movie. He is a letdown of a son. If you are like, if you are a great explorer father and your kid is like, as eh, decent plumber, like, isn't that kind of a letdown? Like, if your father was Charlemagne and you're like, I do a pretty good job of scrubbing the toilets. I mean, like, I don't, I don't make anything, but I fix it when it's broken. Um, I get sixty bucks an hour, and I just got this wrench. Yeah. But that's basically it. He's a he's a, an electrical lineman in space. Not even like in space space. He's still attached to the planet. Yeah. Like that scene for of him falling from space in the movie. Bullshit. Bunch of bullshit. Bunch of bullshit. Bunch of bullshit. But he wasn't on the International Space Station. Some bullshit. Are you getting kickbacks from this? Like because they know now I have to go watch it, so they're getting one more view. Don't don't go see it, Brad Pitt. I mean, there's a lot going on in the movie, so. And I will tell you this, it was not a bad movie. It was okay. definitely worth the, the, the time and, and, and money and investment of going to watch it. Um, I drank, uh, I drank a, a Hashade, and then I had uh, 50 milligrams of Canacaps. I felt incredible. I had a good 100 milligrams of THC in my body before I sat down to watch it. To go. I was great to go. I was wonderful for this movie. Just observations. Um, humans will always be fucked up. We will be fucked up, terrible consumerist people. Um, and that's just going to continue until the end of time, unless we hurry up and nuke each other. If we can get Saturn out of the way so they can stop blocking all the good asteroids, um, you know, the, the better. Like, if we could send a nuke up to Saturn to clear that one out of the way so that we can get some of those asteroids to come in and destroy us, the fucking better. All right? The sooner, the fucking better. Um, but there, it does lend itself into some interesting conspiracy theories, because Spoiler alert, um, there are no aliens in this movie. Um, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Well, so no, so no aliens. Well, great show. Well, great show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the fee- one of the theories mm-hmm. is that um, uh, anything prepping you, for prepping you with aliens um, is really propaganda because the idea is that the aliens have always been here uh, and that they're simply using movies to prepare us for what's coming next. Like, there's a fake alien invasion coming. Like, Warner Von Braun had this theory. Uh, this is according to his secretary, and this was written down in a book called Behold the Pale Horse. And some of the things that Warner Von Braun said was, you know, like, you would see a rise in, in UFO sightings, and you would, you know, there'd be movies, and all these ways of, of sort of propagating information to the masses. Um, to uh, get people used to the idea that aliens are coming, they're going to be here, and we need to be prepared. They're either going to be good or they're going to be bad, um, but we need to be prepared for them. The theory is that the aliens have always been here running the show, and so that anything coming out is, um, is fake. The alien invasion that is coming is fake. That's why they have the, um, the Tic Tac uh, UFO cases. Are you familiar with those? No. Okay, so the Tic Tac cases are those UFO videos that came from um, 
Beyond the Stars, which was uh, um, homie from uh, Blink-182, Tom DeLonge's crew. Yeah. So they released some videos as well as the chain of custody of um, some Navy fighters interacting uh, with UFOs. Um, and now those, those pilots have come on Joe Rogan's podcast. So this is where, where I start getting into um, my Joe Rogan is controlled opposition theory. Um, and, and I got no issues with saying that. Um, part of that is the Bob Lazar, uh, Jeremy Corbell episode. Um, are you familiar with Jeremy Corbell? No, sorry. In my mind, I was just thinking you need to make sure in your description you have some kind of reference to Joe Rogan or hashtag Joe Rogan because the, the listens will go up by like three or four hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially Joe Rogan's controlled opposition. And let me break it down for you right now. There's a guy by the name of Jeremy Corbett. Jeremy Corbett does these really incredible documentaries on YouTube. You should check them out. If you're at home right now, look up the Corbett Report on YouTube. You can go to thecorbettreport.com. Um, this dude has been doing truth to power videos for over 10 years now. Um, However, when the Bob Lazar documentary comes out, which, by the way, is directed by a guy named Jeremy Corbell, who's only been doing documentaries that suck for the last two or three years. He did, he did one on, um, um, and I bought it, too. It was a fucking steaming piece of shit. Um, it was about, um, uh, shit, um, Ranch, Skinwalker Ranch. About Skinwalker Ranch, which is where they had all the cattle mutilations and... Um, and it was this really shitty documentary about Skinwalker Ranch. And I wouldn't, if it's on YouTube, any video you find on YouTube, Skinwalker Ranch is going to be better than this fucking piece of shit movie. So anyway, someone decided that they were going to, this guy was going to be the one to tell the Bob Lazar story. Fucking why? Because he did a steaming pile of shit that had Robbie Williams, the pop singer in it? <laughs> it means nothing to me. Um, however, when the Bob Lazar documentary comes out and it hits Netflix, uh, and I'm sure there's a tie-in because Rogan specials are, are on Netflix. But Jeremy Corbell and Bob Lazar go on to talk about aliens on the Joe Rogan podcast. Now, uh, it's crazy to me that Jeremy Corbett, um, or, or Corbett, has been on Sam Tripoli's podcast. He's been on um, the Conspiracy Farm podcast, who... who um, um, by the way, Sam Tripoli has been a guest on the Rogan Experience. Uh, so has Pat Militish, the host of... Um, of the conspiracy farm. Corbett has, has been around in circles that, that Joe Rogan is very, very familiar with. So I'm sure Jer uh, Joe Rogan knows exactly who Jeremy Corbett is. But I think it was a, str a strategic pick to put in Jeremy Corbell, uh, especially when you have a fake alien invasion coming. So with that being said, I think it's a controlled opposition. So, Jeremy Corbell, Joe Rogan, controlled opposition. It's brilliant, counterintelligence. Uh, I honestly, if I if I knew, I could find a way to probably decide you're right or wrong, but I don't know enough about it at this particular time to form a judgment. Okay, but I see. I, I put a lot, put a little bit. I put more thought into this than whether or not the Earth is round. Um, <laughs> And by the way, it's my dream is coming closer and closer to actually happening. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the uh, the professor and and uh, Eddie Bravo up here to debate flat Earth for for the benefit of the boys and girls club. Bravo still hasn't responded yet, but I got an automated letter back from the professor. So 
It's true. It's true. So it's, it's going to happen. happen. Got an out of office email. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty sure. We, I'm pretty sure we can make this happen. I, I think anything can happen for the right amount of money. No, it's yeah. It's the well. <laughs> there's that. Um, I've been uh, I've been watching a Guilty Pleasure of mine. One of my favorite shows is Survivor, and but I'm so far behind on it. And I was watching this Millennials versus Gen X series that they had, where it's the um, it's really interesting because everyone has a very liberal view of like what Gen X is and what Millennials are, as far as the appropriate like time frame. Like I don't know, would you, would you refer to yourself as Gen X Gen or? I think Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen Z? Yeah, I that, yeah, I mean, see, I think they've, I think they've killed Y and Z and all that. I, I've seen, I've seen breakdowns where, um, because I think we're roughly about the same age. Yeah, we're both like thirty-nine. A, yeah, like months. not quite millennials. Yeah. and I've seen breakdowns where we we count as millennials, and I've seen breakdowns where we count as uh, Gen X. And uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that there is that, like, yeah, there's definitely that generation in between the boomers and the millennials that everybody forgot about. You know, that generation where our parents and our children are both going to have better lives than us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, if you fall into that, you're Gen X. Um, well, what, how do we define a better life? We have more shit to spend money on? We have more money to spend on shit we don't need. I, I think, well, I think our, I think our parents had a uh, better opportunity, um, better career outlook, better chance at retirement, more, um, you know, cheaper energy, just in general. I think our kids have the same thing. But I think there were, we we hit that rough patch in like the '90s and the uh, you know early 2Ks and the you know the I I think anyone that like I would consider Gen X those people that sort of like they matured like slightly prior to and slightly after 9/11, like that was sort of the defining moment of their early adulthood, you know. Weird moment to to get into. Yeah, I don't think we've touched on 9/11. No, no, we haven't. But rolling back, anyway, Survivor has this Gen X and Gen X versus Millennials uh, <laughs> competition. And uh, one thing I find very inspiring by all the Millennials is uh, that, that tribe always says, well, you know, those Gen X people, they think, you know, they think they got to get up and work nine to five and try really hard and, and do this program that was laid out for them by their parents to get ahead. And they're always worried. And I was like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then the Millennials are like, we just, you know, we do what we want and have fun and, like, live our life. And, you know, if we make money, we make money. If we don't, we'll find it. You know, it's like one's, like, uh, plays video games on YouTube. You know, that's how she makes her living. And, you know, another guy just, like, surfs and makes videos. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, actually, I think I think you guys got it. Yeah, I think you guys did did right. Yeah, well, yeah, the, it all evolves, too, right? If you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing, then they'll, then the things you're doing will naturally evolve into what they're supposed to be. Right. Um, I was going to tie that all into something, but I totally forgot what it was. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter. We don't need to. All right. Um, we need to get together more often. Yeah. We need to do this more often. Um, so we'll do some more. Yeah. I thinking maybe even, you know, even if we hit like, like some quick hits or, you know. Yeah, some quick 20 minute, 30 yeah. minute yeah. things. Yeah. Just like, you know, a little keep, keep everyone. Because, you know, I, I understand everyone that's listening to this religiously, which I assume they do. Everyone. Yeah, it's um, and they're probably sitting there going, yeah, and I can imagine like you know uh, Monday, Tuesday, they're still probably feeling pretty good about you know having just listened to this. They roll into like Wednesday, Thursday, and getting a little itchy. You know, Friday and Saturday's got to be just absolute hell, as they like. I have I have at least twenty four hours, maybe longer, before I can hear another one. So you know, if there's something we could like just you know, 
Yeah, let us know what topics yeah, you want to hit on know, as well. We'll just just a little something in there to you know kind of like a little bump to get you get you through the work, day. the work day. Just 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 a bump. <laughs> um, speaking of bumps, let us know what movies you want us to uh, to review, and we'll review them if they're on Netflix, if they're on Amazon Prime, or if they're coming to movie theaters. I really do want to check out the new Joker. I'm probably going to check that out um, this right. evening. I wasn't going to watch it until like. And of course, this has got to be the greatest marketing ever. All the it's too intense, and I was triggered. It's like, oh yeah, if it triggered somebody, I have to see it now. Yeah, but no one got triggered. You know, like we no no movie theaters have been shot up. Like, is it still a good movie? I don't know. I I think what happens is I I think people because people were walking out apparently, and uh, I don't know why they thought maybe the Joker origin story might not be tragic. tragic. Because people are fucking whack. You know, the last movie I walked out of, Dennis the Menace. All right, it was in 1994. I remember it like it was yesterday. Dennis the Menace fucking sucked. All right, if you're walking out of a movie, it's because it's not very good. And because the loss of your money was more acceptable than the loss of your time. And if you feel like the loss of your time was that great in the Joker origin story starring Joaquin Phoenix, who... By the way, plays a nut job in pretty much everything he does. He's professionally fucking crazy as an actor. Um, yeah, he seemed like a stable guy in Gladiator. He will probably play the reprise of Jason Bateman's role in Dodgeball 20 years from now when they re-release it. Oh, God, yeah, and he'll own it. He'll have yeah. been like a junkie for five years. <laughs> he's only been sober for six months, and he's got a great outlook on life. <laughs> But just for that role. But yeah, no, the um, I did not walk out of this movie, but House of a Thousand Corpses, I went in with a full theater of people, and by the time the movie was over, there was only six of us left. And I thought it was good. So when does the new Rob Zombie film get to us? I have no idea. I haven't kept up in a while, because they're, um, because... Sid Haig just passed? Yes, which is kind of tragic. Um, but oh my gosh, how come I cannot remember his... What's his clown name? Um, oh, like... Oh, it's something like, like it's something like Professor Captain Sex. Yeah, <laughs> something close, but yeah, something like yeah. We're going with Captain Sex. Um, so yeah, so there's there's Captain Sex and there's uh, all those other guys. Yeah, I do want to see the new one. Uh, I I want to go back and I want to watch House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, one is rough. It's hard. To- want to go? I want to watch The Devil's Rejects. I've never seen the. You haven't seen? Oh my gosh, The Devil's Rejects is so redeeming of a House of a Thousand Corpses. You have to see a House of a Thousand Corpses first. You have to put yourself through that. Absolutely. Um, but uh, Walton Goggins yeah. in House of a Thousand Corpses, by the way. Yes. Walton Goggins, by the way, is probably my favorite actor who always plays kind of a weird racist redneck. <laughs> uh, everything he's in, he plays kind of a redneck, kind of a little bit of a racist, kind of a weirdo. Uh, I don't know if you saw him in The Shield uh, or um, not in Glorious Bastards, The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Sorry, big Walton Goggins fan. Loved him in The Shield. But... I want to watch House of a Thousand Corpses. I, I want to see the... And we should do that. I need to you know? watch it again, watch it again as, an adult. as an adult. So, so then let's, let's plan on that. So our next get-together um, for, for the Sunday podcast, before we record on Sunday, we'll get together this week. We'll make it a point to watch House of a Thousand Corpses, and we'll do a full-on review. And then the next week, we'll watch The Devil's Rejects, and then we'll watch a bootleg of whatever the third yeah. one. Yeah, and I, I mean, I hope there's like... It's one of those, like, from the theater... Like head in the way the entire time. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, but you can do it on a phone now. Like you don't need the big bulky camera anymore.
Yeah, it has, it's got the Chinese subtitles at the bottom. Yeah. I'm good with that. I'm good. Totally That's how I'm learning Chinese and Mandarin. <laughs> it's, so one of my favorite things about going to the movies in Puerto Rico is that the movies all have Spanish subtitles. Yeah. So I, I remember watching uh, fuck it, um, Fast and the Furious and trying to learn Spanish at the same time. <laughs> all right, man. Jake, thank you so much for your time. All right. Uh, thanks for checking us out. If you have a movie you would recommend, please drop it in the comments uh, on either, uh, either the Facebook page or the Instagram page, or send, a, send an email to wokenbakepodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also send nudes there, too. So if, if you've got a mom and she's got some nudes lying around, we'll take nudes of your mom. If you've got nudes of your mom, there's probably something wrong with you. But not saying there is. Maybe you just love your mom. Beautiful weekend. Have a beautiful whenever it is. You are listening to this. Wear something sexy. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, License 3A1056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 4A1052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611.